episode 441 business breakup to solo success the jordan harbinger show the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Hey, before we dive into this episode, it's been so rammed recently. We've just so many quality interviews. I haven't done a solo show for I haven't given myself a chance to put a word in edgeways. So it's Thanksgiving. This is obviously a big episode coming out of Jordan Harbinger. So I want to take the time to say hello, give you a little bit of background behind this interview, and also give thanks. You can always give thanks. It's definitely been a challenging year, challenging period. Maybe it hasn't for you, but challenging period for myself and others around the world. But whenever there are challenging times like this, Dig deep in your situation. And if it's harder to find the good, harder to give thanks, it's more important to give thanks, to be grateful for what you do have. Many of us will not be getting together in our usual scenario for Thanksgiving, or if you're in other parts of the world that aren't celebrating Thanksgiving, you still might not be able to get together with close friends and family. Give thanks for whatever it can be in your world. For me, I'm thankful that I can speak to my parents every day with the technology and see them every day with the technology we've got now. I'm thankful my close family to my knowledge is all all healthy and kicking. And I'm thankful for this episode. Jordan Harbinger, in whatever field you're in, if you're looking at, there's always probably names you can pull out of someone who's done something quite impressive in, in your own field. And you think, actually, that is something to aspire to. Jordan has over 7 million downloads a month on his podcast. Really decent guy. And in full transparency, I thought it was perfect for a Thanksgiving episode. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing because I think it's a great and it may inspire others to do something along these lines. As part of interviewing Jordan, he is raising money for charities. So there was an investment to interview Jordan, but the money goes straight to charity. So in all the interviews, I thought it was great. The amount of interviews he does and getting interviewed and there's demand to interview him. Just that one tweak in his um, approach, because he can't do all the interviews, as none of us can, means he is generating a huge amount of money for charity. And that's something I'm thankful for. So I was happy to give to charity. And as a nice benefit, it also meant I got to speak to Jordan about his journey and how he has managed to reach such a high level in the podcasting game and also dealing with a, a very salty, in his own words, a very tough Break business breakup, but then going on to bigger, even bigger and better things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please do give me your feedback. Connect with, with me across all social media. 
I thank you for listening. I hope you do have some time with loved ones, even if it's not in person. And I wish you all the best. Let's get into this week's show. This week, we're going to be talking about all about networking. We've got Jordan Harbinger on the line. He is a Wall Street lawyer turned podcast interview. His approachable style and knack for securing high profile guests, which I'm definitely going to be asking about, have led to some to call him the Larry King of podcasting. His show, The Jordan Harbinger Show, is heard in 119 countries and was voted Apple's best of 2019. You may have heard of him as well from The Art of Charm, which he left in 2018. We might have a chance to speak about that. But I'm ex- he's originally from Michigan, where I'm based now. I'm excited to jump in, going to use every minute I've got. Jordan, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I am. I'm ready, but I want to know why you moved to Michigan. That's so <laughs> weird and random. I know, especially for someone who's gone. The, yeah, most people go the other way. But yeah. uh, my wife is originally, well, her mum's originally from this place up in the middle of nowhere, Rogers City, up near Mackinac Bridge, not too far. It's a very wow. quiet little town. And we just come here every summer. I'm from England originally, and we, uh, it rains a lot there. I actually prefer snow and the, the extremes as opposed to just warm rain and cold rain at different times of the year. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, Michigan's nice if you're into, if you like cold, you're good. Yeah, northern Michigan, is, it suits you well. <laughs> I've got little kids as well. So snow is fun, rain, not so much fun. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Jordan, about you, um, that was reasonably brief introduction to you. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? No, man, you know, like I teach a lot of, not only do I do the Jordan Harbinger show where I interview folks of all walks of life, but I, I teach what you would consider relationship development or networking, but I don't like that because it's a dirty word. Uh, relationship development, networking to everyone from sales teams, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, all the way to like Secret Service, Central Intelligence Agency, MI6, et cetera. But that, of course, there's a slightly different spin when I teach those types of groups, but, uh, but you get the idea. Yeah, definitely. So I just want to touch on your origins briefly. We mentioned you're originally from Michigan. You went to university in Michigan, Wall Street lawyer. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely going down a different path. When was kind of um, your awakening moment when kind of you thought, I'm going to go down this way. I'm sure you learned stuff that you still use now from university, but you're, you're definitely mm-hmm. going down a completely different path. Was there ever a moment like that? Yeah. So I started my show, the, the show that would become the Jordan Harbinger show in 2006. And then I kept doing that. And I worked with some people at various companies prior to this that I won't mention that were just sort of like, I don't want to say lazy, but inept maybe more so like, they could have done the work. They just decided not to. And I, I quickly realized like, okay, I need to do my own thing, but I was already an attorney. And so I thought, all right, well, I'm just going to do this for a while. I'll pick another career. We'll see what happens. I ended up leaving the law to do the show and to do a coaching business full time, grew pretty tired with coaching and then eventually ended up dumping my my business partners are having a salty breakup with them, which was the best thing that ever happened. Because although it was sort of traumatizing at the time, the Jordan Harbinger show, like you'd given in the intro, is one of the top podcasts of 2018, won Apple's best of 2018, uh, has 6 million downloads a month. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to, I, I consider myself a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to figuring out what I wanted to do, you know, going to school, then go to law school and start this podcast, do the radio show, leave the law, go back to the podcast, do the coaching thing as a sidetrack, keep doing the podcast. Now just do the podcast. It's like for crying out loud, make up your mind. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about that because the art of charm as well was massively successful in its own right. And the, the Jordan Harbinger show has gone on to another level. 
Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, you said that was a salty breakup. How tough was that decision? Because I'm thinking in my head, almost like when you get a, a like guys in a band and they kind of, they're very successful and then they want to go break out. They have problems. They want to break out, go alone. And not always does it go so well when they're solo. You know, this is your name on the, you know, on the credits and stuff. So talk to us about the, the struggle to make a decision. And then also in a, not starting from scratch, but, you know, starting something completely new. And it's, you know, only recent, really. Yeah, you know, it is funny you should mention that because with the band analogy, because it really is kind of like, I didn't leave the company when I should have. I should have left years and years ago. Uh, honestly, like 2020 hindsight, I should have. And some of that was, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for, at the you know, 11 years. Am I going to be able to start over? It's going to be so hard. It's going to be impossible. What am I going to do? Um, and there was another element also of, well, I don't want to be that guy who's like, I'm the lead singer. I can leave. I don't need you guys. You know, I didn't want to be that. And I thought like, oh, okay, let's stay grounded, stay humble, try and work things out. And then it just sort of became like one of those Sid and Nancy relationships where I was like, these guys, you know, are, and I are not a fit. I'll leave it at that. And I just thought I have no choice but to leave. And there was a lot of, well, you can't leave. And then it was like, well, okay, oh. that's weird. And then <laughs> I basically just started to... I wouldn't say sabotage the business, but drag enough ass and work on my own stuff that they were like, you're out of here. And I was like, Oh, great idea. You know? And then, <laughs> and then we, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we negotiated an amicable split that later on was not honored. And, and then I just ended up kind of like out of my own. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this is scary, but screw it. And then within eight months, I was already l- a larger and more revenue positive than art of charm ever was. So that was kind of a funny victory within yeah, uh- eight months. Eight, eight and, I, and a half months. Yeah, Stormin. Well, I think we. I, hopefully, I mentioned it in the uh, in the introduction. You know, Apple's top podcast. One of Apple's top, top podcasts of 2018. So, mm-hmm. starting, and you've got some real fuel there, and you obviously some experience in like what to do and what not to do to make things successful. What special source did you bring? How did you do it? Looking back, I mean, it's only recently. To, yeah. You know, obviously, you were you were right. Right. Let's go for it. A lot of motivation. But how did you do it? Because it's it's not easy in the podcast spaces. It's still only you know, getting more busy. So it's- yeah, it's so true. You know, part of it was a huge part of it was I, when I left my old company, I was able to take pretty much the entire team to the Jordan Harbinger show. I was able to take my production staff, my show staff, everyone, you know, everybody that I was working with, a, a lot of the administration, a lot of the vendors wouldn't work with anybody in the company, but me. So I just took all of that. So it, I don't want people to think like, oh, wow, I've been doing my podcast for two years and this guy built a huge one in eight months. It's like, well, I had 11 years of foundation, a massive number of, uh, massive chunk of the audience left. I mean, the majority of the audience left the old show and came over to the Jordan Harbinger show. Uh, and like I said, I took almost the whole staff and team. So that was a massive, massive head start. Then not to mention people searching for me, SEO. I hired an SEO team too. It wasn't just like, I have a lot of get up and go or I'm motivated. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. I hired an SEO team to essentially dismantle the search engine and link structure of the old show and point them to my show. Like yeah. on a very tactical level, I was like, I want all those links to point to me. And the SEO team was like, cool, we'll just email all those people. You have a good relationship with them. Speaking of like networking and relationships and a lot of, you know, hundreds of people responded and they were like, Oh, Jordan left uh, the old company. Cool. He's there now. Great. No problem. Changed done. And you could see my domain authority climbing up my organic traffic yeah. climbing up. Uh, search engine results climbing up. We did a lot of things where we would uh, campaign 
and again, I don't exactly know how a lot of this works, but like yeah. the SEO team would campaign with Google in some ways and like they'd say, they'd call people they knew there or something like that or like report certain things in a certain way so that like my info box bar pointed to me and search engine results deprioritized the old company and prioritized my stuff because it was quote unquote more accurate. And, you know, I had, uh, I had good lawyers. I am also a lawyer, so that didn't hurt. My legal <laughs> fees were minimal. Um, and it, it, it was tough because there was this protracted legal battle, but I knew that I could bleed out the former company in many ways, just by doing the right thing and handling the bulk of the legal work myself. And so the moral of the story is you, you don't get in litigation with somebody who can do a lot of the heavy lifting themselves because you're going to pay $200,000. And I think I paid like 30, you know, wow. and I think the other company paid a hell of a lot more because they saw the tax returns. <laughs> so yeah, so talked about, it's not um, a good idea. You know, um, search optimization and the old links and stuff. It, do, you, do you think it's weird? I mean, your, your former host as well, they've used Harbinger or Harbinger as a, a pseudonym as well. That, that, I'll let you draw your own conclusion on that, but I would say if somebody was in a business with you and decided to use your last name after you left and pretend to be related to you, uh, I'll, again, I'll let you draw your own conclusion because I don't <laughs> want to say anything it's, negative, it's, but that is an unusual, unusual move. Yeah, I, I have to say, and just from someone who came like looking at it like, only recently, I, instant thing. Oh, is that his brother? Looked into no. it about, about two minutes. No, it's not. And then no. I found, I dug, but again, I wonder how many people dig, but I'm like, wow, that is a weird, I, and that kind of answered a lot of questions. Oh, that's why he left then. I, I get it just yeah, by that I, one thing. <laughs> among other reasons, that's why I left. I was like, this is um, super, ma making me feel a little creepy, honestly. You know, um, There's a movie called Single White Female. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, it's sort of I've sort of goes along of it, these lines but... yeah <laughs> goes along these lines <laughs> i think yeah i think you're you're in a good position you're, you you dodged it there so people say to me sometimes oh 2014 you got into the podcast game so early and i'm like no 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 uh tw 2006 and mm -hmm. around that i mean what drew you i you did got a radio as well you got a radio show as well what drew you to go down the podcasting route that early because that is really early and um how did you land that uh, the radio show? I know we want to talk about networking as well, and I'm sure that comes into the story as well. Sure, yeah. So what happened was I was teaching a class in my law school at the University of Michigan Law School, about like an informal class, about networking and relationship development because our advisor career office, they were like, oh, you'll be fine, you know, just meet people. And I'm like, okay, that's not really that easy. I don't know who you are. And like they just – a lot of career advice in college and university – and even in professional schools is given by people who've either never done it because they work in a career office or they're a professor or something like that. And they've never done practice or it's given by somebody who's like, just be cool. And you're like, uh, yeah, I'll get on that right after I just get taller and like, just get more confident or whatever other sort of non-actionable advice. And it's not their fault. They mean well, but Look, if if you could just be cool, uh, don't you think all of us would do that? It's like actors, right? We we think like, wow, that person's really, really cool and really, really. If anyone could do that, then anybody could be George Clooney. And don't you think many more of us would have chosen to be that person? You know, uh, we give people who can just be cool awards and multi-million dollar movie contracts and deals. So I, I don't think it's quite that simple. So I was like, all right, I've got to figure this out. I started studying psychology, taking classes on everything from nonverbal communication to sales. And then I was like, okay, there's a very sort of definitive set of systems that we can use to create and maintain relationships 
Uh, and it doesn't have to be like you're dedicating your whole life to emailing people and things like that. It can take like five minutes a day, six minutes a day. That's why I have six minute networking. And it's like, it just has to be something that we can all do consistently. Instead, like in the, if you're in a line for Starbucks, you're usually on Instagram. What are you going to spend that time doing that's more productive? You're going to be sending texts, sending emails, responding to something, re-engaging old contacts. So I developed that, but I was giving these lectures, if you can call it that, very, very loosely talks. And then we decided to have them at a bar because the door where the classroom, the door of the classroom where I was teaching was always locked and it was like 100 degrees because it's Michigan in the summer. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? Right, let's jump back into the second half of the interview with Jordan, where we talk about how he evolved to teach about networking and relationships, and ultimately what led him to the Art of Charm podcast and business venture. So I decided to go to a bar and I'd have like three or four people there and the guys were not interested in this. Guys were like, oh, I'm just going to be awesome and join a Wall Street firm. I don't need to network. But women, female law students were like, I need this because law is largely this old boys network and I need to figure out how to develop relationships so that I don't run into trouble because I might be one of, you know, one of the 10% or something of women working in these Wall Street law positions. So I had groups of women around and we were at a bar and they were like, we're talking about things like nonverbal communication. And I'd, I'd be like, so take that couple over there. They're not on a date. And the girls would be like, well, what do you mean? And I'd be like, well, this guy's not into her. And da, da, da. and we would start analyzing people. And women are really good at this generally, much more so than guys are just kind of from a natural level. They're more observant. I found, I mean, there's, this is not scientific for me, but I found that they're much more interested in other people's relationships and communication. And I think that's, that's evolved. Um, but again, that's a job for an evolutionary psychologist. And so then eventually guys started to say, hey, why are you here like every Tuesday, every Thursday with 10 women and there's no guys and what are you doing? You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm teaching this class. So then guys started to show up and I said, okay, well, I've already been teaching this for three weeks, four weeks. Here's a CD that I burned with some of my old talks recorded on it. And then they'd come back without the CD. Because what I didn't want was guys asking questions over and over that I'd already answered. They'd come back without the CD and I'd go, where's the CD? Oh, I gave it to my roommate. Okay, well you know, I'll give you another one for 20 bucks because I don't want to just keep handing out CDs. I'm spending my time burning these. And then they'd be like, oh, 20 bucks? All right, I need seven. And I'd be like, what? Well, yeah, I want to give one to my roommate. I want to give one to my brother. I want to give one to my cousin. I need one for myself. I need to put one in my car for my little brother. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I realized I had a product and not a, not a class. So I still didn't really want to sell it because you don't get rich selling CDs 20 bucks at a time. And I thought if I put these online and then other people find them and can share them and then people want to join the class, I can charge for the class. So what happened was I started putting the MP3 files online, but it was hard. There wasn't SoundCloud. There wasn't yeah. YouTube. There wasn't any of this stuff. So a friend of mine goes, hey, what if you try this new thing called podcasting? I don't really know how it works, but your files end up in iTunes and people can put it on their iPod. And everyone in law school at Michigan had iTunes, everyone. So I thought, great, I'm going to put my show on iTunes. So I did that. And then instead of just seeing 20 new people logging in from Ann Arbor, Michigan, I saw 
200 new people downloading it from South Africa and Germany. And I was like, whoa, wow. yeah. this is a thing. And I started to see the power of the medium like right away, yeah. right away. I thought, okay, this is, you could, like if we built a giant FM radio station transmitter in the middle of Ann Arbor, Michigan on the roof of this dorm, it wouldn't have the same amount of power as us uploading this MP3 file that I recorded in like my dorm room on a mic. So I've got to figure this out. So we started uploading shows regularly and editing, I started editing the audio and things like that. And we were just one of the first podcasts. We were like one of the first, I don't know, thousand or so shows in iTunes. Wow. And was it called The Art of Charm then? I know you've got a few up different names, Pick Up Podcast. No. And yeah, I started with the Jordan Harbinger show for like five minutes. Then I brought a friend on and then we started talking about dating oh, and relationships. Really kind of full circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ah. yeah. Yeah, it was like the Jordan Harbinger show for literally like five episodes though. But, but then I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it with a friend. So I did it with a friend. It was only then it was only about dating and relationships. Then it was only about dating and relationships for I don't know almost a decade. And then I was like, I'm or seven years or so. And yeah. then I was like, I'm really sick of this. Yeah. Let me pivot to things I'm interested in. And I interviewed this author named Robert Green. And at oh, the end of the interview, he's my favorite interview on yeah, I just had him oh, on for the second time. Love him. Big amazing fan. guy. Really great guy. Super smart, obviously prolific author. And at the end of the interview, this is in like 2012 or something like that, 2013, he goes, how come this took so long? And I go, oh, I didn't want to do a bad job. And then you thought I was a bad host. And he's like, no, this is actually one of the best interviews I've done in, in years. And I do a lot of media. And I thought, huh, okay, so maybe I should take this more seriously. So I went out and bought all new equipment. And then I, I just really was like, okay, my strength is in the interviewing. I don't have to just talk about like how to meet girls at the bar. Cause I'm just, at that point I was in my thirties that I already met the woman that was going to become my wife. And I was quickly getting very bored of teaching guys how to go out and meet and attract women. And the thing is also it started to get a little creepy. Like if you remember the early days, I don't know if you were involved in this, the early days of like teaching guys social skills, um, you had a lot of normal guys that were like, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend in this way. Or when I go out, I feel like I don't really know how to do this because I'm 24. But then slowly or not so slowly, it really became this like very creepy pickup artisty kind of thing. And the guys I was starting to meet were no longer like pre-med students that were like, yeah, just kind of shy, kind of a bookish nerd. They started to become kind of a little bit like, I don't, ha I don't know a PC way to put this. They started to become almost like... <sighs> All right. They started to become like date rapey kind of guys, you know, where I was like, I don't, I wouldn't want this guy around my sister. Yeah. And I stopped wanting to be around those guys at all. And then I noticed that the whole industry was starting to become really gross. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Uh, and as I grew out of it, met a lot of, you know, had healthy relationships in my life, had healthy friends. I was like, okay, it went from this is 10 guys and one weirdo to it's 10 weirdos and one normal guy. And I just decided, okay, the ratio has been inverted. I'm no longer interested in being a part of this. And I left that whole scene. And then and it was good timing because I think yeah. like two years later it became me too. And I was like, saw that coming. Like this has just gotten out of hand. And it turns out it's been out of hand for a long time in just with men in general in a lot of ways yeah. uh not every guy obviously but there's obviously something going on in hollywood and a lot of other industries that me as a 25 year old just didn't really notice and then as yeah. a 33 year old was kind of like oh these guys yeah. aren't growing out of this 25 year old i'm glad i missed all this bro but, um, stuff. yeah i'm glad you got out of it as well i know we haven't got long left but i just want to ask as well i've seen some information here. jordan was reportedly an fbi informant in the early days of the World Wide yeah, Web. And yeah, then, so... And you got kidnapped twice. I mean, I don't know how, if we can do that quick, but... 
<laughs> we can we can burn through it in three minutes. So the fir- oh. yeah, the first time I got kidnapped was a fake taxi in Mexico. The second time I got kidnapped was by uh, some fake or real pol- it's still up for debate police in Serbia, which is a great place. Serbia is awesome. Okay. But um, you did you know. that quick. That was good. <laughs> so what's the yeah. FBI informant? How does that happen? So so what happened was when I was younger, like really young. I'm talking middle school. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, high school. Uh, middle school, high school. I actually was doing websites like any good nerd was in the 90s. And I worked for this security company and I was the only white guy and I was also this only young guy. Like everyone else is like in their mid 20s, 30s, whatever. And I was like 17, right? So high school. And the guys would always talk about dating and they were like, what are you, who are you dating? You know, and I was like, nobody, you know, meet girls on AOL on chat. And they're like, dude, how do you do that? So I started talking about meeting girls online and I, they were like, what do you say? What do you say? So I started printing off the transcripts of what I was saying and the guys would laugh and they would pat me on the back and, you know, make fun of me. And then one day I was like, oh, look at, um, look at what I'm saying. And they're like, dude, your game is weak. What you need to do is make an account as a girl and then see what guys are saying to you. And then you'll know what not to do. You'll be able to stand out and we'll help you. And I was like, this is genius. So I made an AOL screen name that sounded girly. And then I got all these creepy messages from guys and they, the guys would go and analyze them. And you know, 90% of them or maybe 60% of them now that I look at it were from other 14, 15, 17 year old boys. And they were like, Hey, you're really cool sounding. I like, jumping on trampolines or whatever was listed on the hobby you know section and i was like this is weak and they're like this is weak you don't want to be these guys but then there'd be guys that were like hey i'm a photographer i'm 38 years old and and we'd be i'd be like look at this loser and my we would laugh but then my boss came over and was like what are you talking about and he go i go yeah this 38 year old photographer guy he's like hitting on this girl and he thinks that she's uh or he he, i wrote in the profile that she's 15 because i was 16 or 17 i think at the time and he goes hey this isn't funny this is a sexual predator this is like a a kid pedophile not a not just some loser lonely guy because that that as a teenager it never occurred to me that that was illegal and underage because i was 16. so a 15 year old girl was normal at that point but for a 38 year old and it obviously never occurred to me that that was criminal behavior so he contacted the FBI because my company had contacts with the FBI. I faxed them the transcripts and then they were like, oh, well, this is probably just a one-off. And then I started faxing them transcripts like every time I would go to work of just more and more yeah. inbox messages that were beyond creepy and not cool. And then the FBI was like, dude, we need to handle this. Because they had no idea that there were people online doing this. This is the 90s. They were fa- yeah, they were in turn faxing these transcripts to Washington because the Detroit wow. FBI office didn't have anybody that could go online and do anything. Sounds like you so, get like you get into these mediums early. I just want to wrap it up. I usually do it. I have to do an alpha round to finish, definitely. So I'll wrap it up, give you a chance to, so people can continue the conversation with you as cool. well. But what is an all-time favorite quote that really kind of sums up your approach to life? Uh, dig the well before you're thirsty. I, I'm not even sure who said it. I think it's from a Harvey McKay book in the 90s, but it's from someone else even before that. And it means build relationships before you need them, or at least that's the way I use it. What is one of your all-time favorite books or just a book you like to recommend? Mm, I like to recommend Extreme Ownership from Jocko Willink. Um, it's not necessarily my favorite book of all time for every single reason, but it's a great book written by Jocko, who's a great guy. And it really just teaches you to take responsibility. And I've noticed that a huge number of people these days seem to be allergic to responsibility. So I think it's a great time to, for, for men and women all over the place to start taking responsibility for what's going on in their life. 
And having gone through the, the bulk of the interview now, from your network, who do you think would be a great guest to recommend for the Awaken Your Alpha podcast? Ooh, hard to say. There's so many great people that I've had on the show. Um, who would be great for it? Mark Cuban would be great for it. Can I introduce you to Mark Cuban? <laughs> I'm not really sure, but he would be a great one for the show. Okay. All right. And um, what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more and continue the conversation? Yeah, I'm, I'm the Jordan Harbinger show is anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. So the Jordan Harbinger show and I'm at Jordan Harbinger or Harbinger, depending on how you pronounce it today at, at Jordan Harbinger on Instagram, Twitter. I'm very, I'm very, very reachable. I answer pretty much everything. Awesome. And finally, what is the, do you think is the number one mistake people make in marketing that you just seal the time and as someone from your position, you're just like, Oh man. Yeah. They, they do things like, Hey Jordan, I'm a huge fan. I really liked your insert like latest episode or the one that comes up first in Google. Anyway, can you do this thing for me? And I'm like, who are you? Oh, never mind. I don't care. Delete. You know, they don't build a relationship <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> they don't dig the well before they get thirsty. Yeah. Well, awesome. Jordan, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, man. This is fun. No worries. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkx. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.